Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. No surprise, Edmonton Oilers captain Connor McDavid, a finalist for the Ted Lindsay Award. Most outstanding player in the NHL is voted on by members of the Players Association, Austin Matthews, Sidney Crosby, the other finalists for that award. I would think Connor McDavid, the favorite there. NHL tonight, little under eight minutes to go in the second period. Montreal up 3-1 on the Jets, all the scoring Coming in the first period, shots 19-15 now in favor of Winnipeg. Golden Knights and Avalanche will face off in about an hour. The Avalanche lead that best-of-seven series 1-0. Bottom of the fifth, the Blue Jays trail the Marlins 4-2. And another note today that a coach synonymous with his program, Duke basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski, or as I used to call him in my head when I would get Sports Illustrated as a teenager growing up north of Evansburg and never watched or heard anybody talk about an NCAA basketball game. I just read about it. Mike Krzyzewski, it is Mike Krzyzewski, of course, is uh, doing one more year, doing uh, one more year at Duke and then is... uh, and then is moving on. Our next guest to the show, uh, well, he's really a guest. This show is more like a second home for him, and we always love talking Oilers or wherever we're going to go tonight. Bob Stoffer's on the line. Bob, how are you doing? Good. Good, Reed. How was your day today? My day was uh, good. I uh, played what golf you... at the ranch. Great what? course. Uh, very whoa, hot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You played, you played golf in, today? Yes. Like in 30-degree weather. Yes, were you not, I did. Were you, do you not listen to the news updates with Eileen or, or Randy Kilburn? What time did you go today, by the way? Uh, we teed off just after 9, so we finished just oh, after 1. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's, oh, I didn't just get off the course. <laughs> it was still – it was it was hot. Yeah. But, yeah, by, by about the 15th hole, uh, fatigue was, was setting in. But it didn't really hurt my swing because my swing can't get much worse to begin with. So I was okay. I'm the worst golfer alive, but you have quite a pasty complexion, so I, I would be worried for you in, in, in weather like today. <laughs> uh, well, I was in the cart most of the time, which is uh, which is sheltered, listening uh, to Jack Michael's wisdom on the world in golf. Wait, 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 that might have been the worst part of the round. Jack was with you as well? Oh, unfortunately, yeah. Oh, I'm sure he feels the same. Who else uh, were you golfing with? Do I know the other uh, guys you were golfing A couple sales guys. Well, you know Brendan Ulrich. Remember him? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess I haven't seen much of Brendan. I haven't seen Brendan. Uh, you know, I probably voiced, I don't know, 30, 40 commercials in 630 Chet over the calendar last year. I haven't seen Brendan in once. Uh, the the head sales guy, forget his name too. Was he golfing? Yeah, Kevin Spriggs was playing with us as well. Yeah, that was a good I, round. I can't remember the last time I saw him face-to-face. I, and come to think of it, Reed, when was the last time you were at 630 Chet? 
Uh, that I was actually in the building? Well, it was October for the draft. Yeah, I've been at home wow. or at Rogers Place. Wow. Every show wow. either at home or at Rogers Place. Well, yeah. Well, it was awesome seeing you at Rogers Place this year. I just wish we were... We were yeah, I wish we had more games. Those. Yeah, me <laughs> like, too. I thought we'd get at least at least three home games in the first round, but but we only got uh, we only got two. Okay, I want to ask you something because uh, I, I just posted on Twitter. We often have meandering and laughter filled conversations, so we're already off to a good start with the uh, with the laughter filled. So Coach Shashevsky is going to step down. You uh, you love all levels of sport, NCAA more football than basketball, obviously. Which college coach? Do you think is most synonymous with his program? Oh, Coach is it Shashevsky? Is it Bryant? Is it is it Saban now? Oh, uh, well, I, I think like recent, basketball is Coach K. Basketball is Coach K. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it with with NCAA football. It's it's Nick Saban, and the difference for Coach K now basketball is a little bit different because you have so many one and dones in basketball. Uh, what's the school that Calipari coaches at? Is that Kentucky? Uh, yeah, that's 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 the school. That, you know, they bring lots of guys in. They only play a year there. Boom, they're into the NBA. Uh, Alabama would ha- I would say Nick Saban's probably and, and partially because they've won. You know, he's won six national championships now at Alabama over the course of the last 11, 12 years. He would have to be. I'm going to guess he's the highest paid coach. I think he makes north of nine million dollars a year base. So, yeah. Did you imagine, and all did you time, are we talking Bryant Hayes? Dean Smith, maybe North Carolina. I know some of these guys aren't with us anymore, but I would say John Wooden from UCLA. Oh, of course, yeah, good call. Yeah, like for basketball, um, for NCAA football, I would say I would say Bear Bryant would have to be. So Alabama's probably had the two greatest coaches in the history of uh, NCAA. I realize some people might say Joe Paterno at Penn State, or you know uh, Woody Hayes at Ohio State, Bo Schembechler at Michigan. John McKay was a very good coach at USC. Um, when they uh, when they had a Heisman Trophy winner who was later charged with uh, double homicide, uh, but I, I would suggest to you that uh, probably, yeah, definitely John Wooden in NCAA basketball. I mean, I, I don't know what they win ten out of eleven years or something like that. And then in hockey, there's there's Badger Bob and there's Herb Brooks. I mean, those are probably you know Bob Johnson was coaching at Wisconsin and and Herb Brooks was at Minnesota. So NCAA programs. And in Canada, we got the guy. It's Claire Drake. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, he's got something on on all those guys. He won in two different sports. That's when you know you're a really good coach. In the same calendar year, same school year, he won a uh, 67, what is now known as the Vanier Cup, the Alberta Golden Bears football team won what was then known as uh, the Canadian College Bowl, and then in 68, the University Cup played at the Montreal uh, Forum in front of... uh, Over 10,000 fans, uh, the Golden Bears won their second national championship at that time. There there was Canada West, though, right? They still, were the conferences the same in the late 60s for football? uh, Yes, and one of the advantages that Alberta had is they were uh, post-degree granting, so graduate school. So guys would play at schools like Manitoba and Saskatchewan and play two or three years there and then transfer to the U of A. And that was part of the reason why Alberta was a very dominant program in the late 1960s, early 70s. So I went to my first Golden Bears game in 1972, and I remember listening to Alan Watt on CBC Radio in the mid-1970s call games because uh, CBC had them. And, and then I remember the Golden Bears going to the 80 Vanier Cup, uh, which they won in a blowout. Uh, they lit up Ottawa. I think they were up 35 nothing. They, they had a little uh, Trevor... Uh, Trevor Kennard's brother, Force uh, Kennard, was the quarterback, and they just smoked him. And then they lost in 81, Jim Donlevy, who passed away a couple years ago. Um, 
his uh, his son is actually I bumped into him at the Safeway by my place. He uh, he's in what's what's the term that we use for people that sell uh, holistic uh, devices that you can inhale. Um, Anyways, he's in that industry now. So uh, I got gotcha. you. Okay, real, real smart guy. Like always, was a smart guy. And so Jim Donlevy announced at halftime in that game in '81 in the Vanier Cup that he was leaving to go work in the university. Ed, and the Bears came out flat in the second half and lost, like 18 to 12. I think. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't know that story. He announced at halftime he was leaving. Yeah, he told his players that. How does that to, happen? Well, you'll have to. Oh, ask he told me. the players. Okay. He, t- he told the players that he was leaving at the half in a game in which the you know let's go out there, let's go down the good way. This is going to be my last. Uh, yeah. So that's 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 the legendary story about that. So the Bears won in sixty eight, seventy two, and eighty in football. Uh, sixty four, sixty eight. 70, uh, 75, 78, 79, 80, 86, 92, 99, 2000, uh, 05, 06, 08, uh, 14, 15, and 18. How's that off the top of my head? Not bad. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. I, I never doubt your memory, but when it comes to anything sports related, right. that's for sure. Well, Bob Stoffer checking it. Sorry, man. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that that's good. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, by the way, who am I on with right now? What's what's your name again? <laughs> that's, don't worry about that. Just just enjoy it. Bob Stoffer's on the line. You get him on Oilers now, noon to two every day on six thirty. Chet. Okay, it's three one halves. There's three minutes left in the third. Just you know, I, I do find Bob. We work. We're lucky to work in sports broadcasting, and we got to make predictions. I always remind people though. Don't take our predictions too seriously because you and I had a good percentage in the first round, except we went 0 for 2 on the division we actually covered all year, yeah. <laughs> if that, if that yeah. tells you. Uh, so I, I know we, we have a disagreement on this uh, Montreal-Winnipeg series, and we didn't get to, to talk about it, so let's talk about it. But now, I took the Habs, and yeah. I, I heard John Shannon today when I was driving back from golf, and he said, I think it was John, that said the goaltending is going to be a saw-off, and I say no way. Price is better. And you know, I think highly of Hellebuck. I think Price is better, and I think he's going to turn out to be the difference in this series. Well, that's a fair perspective to have based on what we've seen so far. But this is, you know, Winnipeg hasn't played for 10 or 11, how many days? Nine days, whatever it is. Sometimes teams come out flat in those situations in the first game. Um, I think this series, I mean, I think I, I took uh, the Jets in six. If I'm saying in six, and I had Edmonton in six and Toronto six, in my mind, those series can go either way. We both went six for eight in the first round. Those sort of things happen. Um you know, it's interesting with Edmonton and Toronto, though they, they've got star players. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on those star players. Um, and I, I, I think I'm going to make a prediction, Reed, within two years, you're going to see a different attitude uh, from officials towards how they handle star players. I'm not saying that Edmonton lost because of officiating, but it is amazing to me that Connor McDavid didn't draw a power play in two straight playoff years. That's unbelievable to me. And I don't, you know, I thought Austin Matthews played okay for Toronto. Um, Mitch Marner clearly looked real frustrated by the end of the series against Montreal. I won't lie to you, Brent, uh, uh, Reed, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. I was, based upon all the stuff that, that was directed Edmonton's way after they got knocked out by Winnipeg, most of it from Toronto, the irony of watching the Leafs spit the bit up th- three games to one in that series and watching Toronto become unglued in that hockey market, part of me chuckled deep down inside like i kind of enjoyed that you know it gets a little tiring hearing from guys that may or may not be connected i think i got a pretty good handle as to who grinds and who's really connected uh but there's a lot of guys with a lot of perspectives out there and there's some people that just like to troll and i think there was some trolling going on when the orders got knocked out regarding mcdavid and uh 
you know what? At the end of the day, misery loves company. And in sport, there's winning and there's misery. And for Edmonton and Toronto, there's both misery. But for Oilers fans, they enjoyed the company of the Toronto Maple Leafs joining them. Yeah, well, hey, I often say this. Uh, the, the beauty of being a sports fan is that it allows you to be irrational. Hopefully most people are rational in other areas of their lives. But, uh, yeah, so you can, you, can take, uh, you can take a little bit of joy in other teams' misery sometimes. I, I will say this, though, Bob. I, I want to ask you this because I, 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 like, I feel the more we talk about the officiating, we both recognize some of the issues with it. But I, I think I come at it from a different angle where, A, I'm much more skeptical that it's ever going to change. Because, you know, I am old enough to remember watching games since about 1980. And I remember listening to John Short and people like that after games and complaints about officiating and how star players were treated and calls weren't made on them. So maybe I'm being a little bit pessimistic here, thinking that it's just never going to change. And you said, okay, within two years, there might be a different attitude. Who's going to change that attitude? Because the officials don't write the rule book. Ultimately it's the competition committee made up of owners, GMs, players, and coaches uh, that determine the rules. And through the 47 years I've been on the earth, none of them have really cared enough to spur the change that a lot of fans are asking for. Do you know who turned 69 today? Who? Gary Bettman. Okay. Uh, he's not going to have another labor negotiation to take place, right? He's riding off in the sunset here. Uh, you're you're going to have guys like McDavid and, and, and Austin Matthews teams gain more respect from the officials. And I do think you're, the other thing is, you know, the league can sit there and look at the billion dollars a year that they got coming in and TV revenue now out of the States or whatever it was. That's still about one twelfth of the NBA. The NBA allows their star players, uh, to succeed and help sell the game. The NFL protects the quarterbacks, the star players. And I'm going to, I believe within the next two years, you will see more game, uh, uh, more penalties called, and out and teams that have skill players. Those players won't just have to play their way through it. That's a a, a passe approach from a time gone past. And as a result, there will be less reliance on third and fourth line guys. Even though the Oilers have to build more depth, and there will be a more appreciation for the stars, and they'll actually protect their stars a bit. It's coming. The change is inevitable. It won't be stopped. We've changed lots of other aspects of our society, most of which has been done for the good, and I foresee that change coming in hockey as well. All right. Well, you don't buy, this, you is don't not, buy. this is not it, well. It's not personal against you. I just remain skeptical. I, I, I unfortunately, it's I completely do. fair assessment. Let's see whether or not we're having this yeah. conversation in two years from now. Oh yeah, I, I I I hope I'm wrong. Like I'm not one of these like be right just for the sake of being right. As and I, you know, I, like I want good stuff to happen, and I want offense, and I want skill to shine around the league for sure. But I I, I hope you're right, and that's an interesting perspective about uh, Batman and what he's gonna perhaps leave behind. Bob, I think we're out of time. It's all good. We're going to do this again. I love having you on. I always enjoy our banter. And uh, thanks for being concerned about my well-being on the golf course, but I made it. What did you got? Did you have like an SPF uh, 60 or what were you going with anyhow? I just stay in the shade as much as possible. I don't I don't like using sunscreen if I can avoid it. Reed, I'll tell you a little secret. When I trees, I didn't put any sunscreen on until June. But once June rolled around, because by then it went from like, you know, 17 to 21 
to 27 to 32 and you had to put it on and, so. and wait were you far north or were you like on the same uh latitude as edmonton no well sometimes we were like uh, i don't okay would prince george and uh i think prince george is straight you know straight east down highway 16 so be closest but i was as far north as steen river alberta where i watched the Oilers win the 1988 stanley cup uh the second time i watched it because of course the first game for uh whitey bulger pulled the plugs out because he was gonna lose too much money i'm just kidding <laughs> There we go. All right. See Have you. a good show tomorrow, man. Appreciate I'll it. I'll try to. See ya. That's Bob Stoffer. Oilers now noon to two every weekday here on 630 Chad. Of course, also the analyst for our Oilers hockey games on Chad and the uh, Oilers radio network. Always enjoy having Bob on. He was on the hotline presented by CertainTeed Professional Grade Building Materials. We will call a timeout on Inside Sports. <laughs> There it is. Little Van Halen coming back from break. And a song also used in a famous Saturday Night Live commercial featuring Chris Farley and Adam Sandler back in the day. I, I think they I don't think they use that song anymore when they've replayed it or you get it on YouTube. Bob and I were talking about the Leafs going out in the first round. Doug Gilmore, the former Maple Leaf, one of the all-time greats for the franchise, reacted on social media to a video of a fan burning a Leafs jersey, which turned out to be a number 93 Gilmore. Gilmore wrote, well, this is very disappointing. How do I approach this? We're all disappointed the Leafs didn't make it to the second round. This is on social media, this guy setting my jersey on fire. I don't play for the Leafs, but I support the Leafs. Please respect the Leafs jersey. If you don't want it, donate it to a charity hospital or someone you know. Charities are desperate for money right now, and these jerseys can help them if you don't want them. I would say, yeah, don't burn your jersey. You can probably find somebody who would wear it or, like Doug says, uh, do some good with it. Absolutely. Okay, we got to take a quick timeout. Colin Fraser, three-time Stanley Cup champion and a former Edmonton Oiler, coming up next. Nice to have you tuning in tonight. Third period coming up in Winnipeg, Montreal, leading the Jets 3-1. Kotkaniemi, Stahl, and Suzuki. The goal scorers for the Habs. Lowry, shorthanded, has the only goal for Winnipeg. Golden Knights and Avalanche coming up in about half an hour. Game two of that series. The Avs lead it one zip after their blowout victory in game one. Bottom of the sixth in Buffalo, the Blue Jays trailing the Marlins 4-2. Connor McDavid, a finalist for the Ted Lindsay Award. That's most outstanding player in the NHL, as voted on by the Players Association. Austin Matthews and Sidney Crosby are the other two finalists. Okay, we uh, went down memory lane a little bit with Luke Gass uh, earlier in the show, as the former Edmonton Oiler has decided to retire. And we'll get some uh, memories and updates on his life and career now with uh, former NHLer Colin Fraser checking in on Inside Sports. Colin, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Reed. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. First of all, you come highly recommended because Cam Moon himself said I had to get you on the show. 
<laughs> Me and Mooner, we go way back. He's uh, Mooner's a good man. I hope you guys are treating him well up there because he's he's good at his job and he's a great person. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I like to think we're we're keeping him well. My only challenge, uh, Colin, is is keeping up with his energy because he is uh, he is always on the go. He's always ready to rock and roll. So that's probably one thing you remember about him. I agree. He bounces off the walls, and uh, he doesn't have any bad days. He's he's one of the one of the more funny guys I've ever, I've really, I've ever met in my life. He's always on. He's he's a uh, he's a riot to be around and and hang out with and t- tell stories with for sure. Okay, well let, let's start there. And of course, I want to uh, you know let people know what you're up to now. And it's it's awesome to have you on the show. Uh, the the days in Red Deer. So okay, here's one of the things that that sparked getting you on. Uh, Mooners telling me that you're playing for the Red Deer Rebels and you're playing a road yep. game and Mr. Sutter's the head coach and he decided that if a player was perhaps underperforming that that player would not be benched he would simply be removed from the game and by the end of the game the Rebels didn't have very many guys left so okay you can you clarify or give your version of of this tale as you remember it <laughs> Uh, 100% true. We're playing in Prince George. I uh, The old cliche, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I was actually on the ice. Um, we get scored on. I come off for a change, and, and, and there's no one on the bench. And I look down at Radar, who's been the trainer there for, for 100 years now, and I'm like, where is everybody? He's like, he sent them to the showers a little early. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So... We played with 3D, I don't know, maybe, I don't even know if we had six forwards. And uh, for the rest of the game, we ended up losing 9-2. There's one, at one point, uh, Brent puts me and another kid out, uh, Stuart Kerr. It was a four-on-four shift, and he says, don't change till I tell you to come off. So three minutes later, we're still skating around in our zone. I'm leaning over my stick. I can't even move. And then they scored on us. And that's how we got off the ice. <laughs> we took another minus. So, um, 100% true story. He, oh, he put the video on the bus after the game, put VHS too. And so he's like fast forwarding and rewinding on the VHS, like the whole game. We had to watch the whole game uh, from start to finish on the way back from Prince George. It was a good, it's a good story. Good times. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> I don't know if it sounded like a good time going through it for, for everybody, but like, did did guys uh, discuss it? Were guys angry? Were they motivated? Well, maybe angry and motivated are the same thing in that term. And I mean, Brent obviously was and is a well respected coach, but do you remember how the guys kind of reacted to it at the time? You know, it was almost like so crazy that it was kind of. It wasn't funny in the moment. I wouldn't say that. We got our butts kicked. But, um, like, by the time on the bus, like, it was like, oh, here we go. Like, it was almost comical. Like, what else can you do but laugh, you know, or at least chuckle, maybe not laugh. And we wouldn't let him see that we were laughing, obviously. But it was just, uh, I don't know, a little bit old school. I, I bring that story up to Brent now because, I, honestly, I think it's it's I actually, like, it's not a big deal to me that that happened. I think it's funny. Like, I think, like, he's just trying to get us cool. And we're getting our butts kicked. Like, we don't deserve ice time if you're not going to play. And I now I bug him now. I'm like, can you imagine the storylines if you did that today? Because that's, I don't know, 20 years ago now, which uh, isn't that long ago. But uh, um, time, it goes to show how times have changed. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, I think everything now is divided uh, before Twitter or after Twitter. 
you know, like, <laughs> and even how the, like, you're going to like this, Colin. I started working in Lloyd Minster in the spring of 2000. So the, the, the Royal Bank Cup was in Fort McMurray and they picked up, Fort McMurray picked up the Lloyd Blazers goalie, Dustin Schwartz, who you probably know, now he's the Oilers goalie coach, as their third goalie. Then he played some games and I was doing the morning sports and I had to go through the faxes that came overnight to get the scores because the AJHL website like didn't have updated scores yet. So like I had to check faxes 21 years ago to get scores. Like that seems prehistoric now. <laughs> it, it does. The good old days, right? The good old days. But uh, uh, it was a simpler time, I guess. But um, from, Brent, from Brent's perspective in that story, it's like, uh, I don't know, you can think it's crazy or not but it's, at the time it wasn't that crazy anyway and whatever we got bag skated for a week too after and uh and you had to use wooden sticks yeah 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 that's what i was gonna say so so we had two days the whole next week or maybe longer than a week um so we had to ride the bi- bikes at like six in the morning before school seven in the morning whatever and then go to school and then we came to practice and we he took away all our synergy sticks and we had to use wood sticks and we had to put white tape on the blade and we had to write, write in Sharpie uh, the word work on both the forehand and backhand side. True story. I swear on my life, we were running out of sticks. So guys were like changing the defensemen and handing each other their sticks by the third game because guys were like heating them up and trying to curve them and then they were breaking. And um, we never lost with the wood sticks. We never lost a game with the wood sticks. Oh, oh really? Sure. Well, that's pretty cool. No, so it worked. We never lost. Yeah, it did work exactly. It's not so. The, it shows. Uh, it's not the weapon. It's the operator using it. You know, like it doesn't. Matter. That's right. It's, it's not the technology. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your? Uh, I mean, you got drafted. Uh, what were you a third rounder in the draft? So uh, fairly high by Philly. What's your What's your draft story? Did you go? Did you get a, a phone call? What, what was the? And I think it was Philly that took you, not the Blackhawks. Uh, correct. Yep. I was the first pick in the third round, 69th. Um, I did go. I, I thought I was going to go higher than I did. I, I, um, not that I thought I was a first rounder, but I thought I was a mid second round guy. Uh, so I, I would for even say slipped a little bit or a little bit. Um, 2003 draft. I, it's maybe one of the best drafts ever. So you can go back and, look at some of the names in that one and uh no wonder i i dropped to the third round because there's a lot of really great players ahead of me and um i was uh, it was in nashville tennessee one stupid story i have is that uh uh so back in that day they did the first three rounds on day one so now they do the friday night first round and then rounds two through seven on saturday but back then they do rounds one through three on day one. And then it was uh, four through, I think they did nine rounds at that time. And so only the first round was on TV. Anyways, um, my, I kept waiting for my name to get called and I had to pee really, really, really bad. But I didn't want to leave my seat because I didn't want to be the guy that if his name got called, he's not in his chair. And so I just remember like being extremely uncomfortable and just kept waiting for my name to get called. And it, felt like a lifetime um but it finally happened 69th to philly well so in a way you did go number one yeah (laughs) (laughs) something like that but you know what else i so i'm sitting there philly picks me 
And so Philly had two first rounders that year, zero second rounders, and then the third rounder. Um, they pick uh, Mike Richards, Jeff Carter, and myself. That's the order for Philly. Richards is a center, Carter's a center, and I'm a center. So I was actually sitting there being like, not right away, but like as you kind of digest it, it's like, well, how the heck am I ever going to make this team? playing behind these guys like there's no way and uh i ended up getting traded the next year to chicago i was still in junior riding the bus to saskatoon and brent sutter had this big like zach morris type cell phone because i never had a cell phone the kids didn't have cell phones yet and um uh i was traded to chicago for alex me and jim vandermeer who, who played for the oilers uh with me in edmonton there and uh me and jim vandermeer for alexi jamnoff the jamnoff played from the trade deadline on. So it was like, whatever, six weeks. And they didn't, they lost out in playoffs and he never played for the Flyers again. Jim Vandermeer played, I don't know, four or 500 NHL games. And then I played, I don't know, 350, 400, something like that. Yeah. Basically so. 400 with playoffs for sure. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Colin Fraser joining us tonight at Inside Sports. Okay. Well, so you, you talked about being part of that incredibly deep 2003 draft. You were part of the incredibly deep 2005 uh, World Junior team. I mean, when you talk about uh, possibly greatest of all time, another Lloyd Minster connection for me, Clark MacArthur was on that team playing for the Medicine Hat Tigers. Um, I mean, there's always a lot of pressure on Canadian teams and maybe unfairly if they don't rise to the occasion or meet expectations. But you guys maybe even exceeded high expectations because I'm just double checking the gold differential in the round robin was 32 to five. <laughs> you won the gold medal yeah. game six one. Yeah. No one was even close. It was kind of, I guess we knew the law. Lo- it was a lockout year, right? So we knew yeah. the team was going to be good. I, I was kind of, Oh, am I going to make this team? That's kind of where I was at. And, um, you know, I, when I reflect back, that was kind of where the time was like, I knew I needed to fill a role to, to make the team. So if I think I'm going to be power play guy, I'm out. Like these guys are just way too good for me. So I already knew in my head, I'm like, I have to fill uh, a grinding penalty killing uh, type role, which, uh, which I'm happy to do uh, anything to get on the team. And, uh, um, and I made it now expectations. Like when you're in the moment, uh, at least for myself, it's like, you don't really feel the pre- like you're just in this group of 22 or 23 or whatever guys, right? And the coaches, like you're in your kind of own little bubble for lack of a better term. So it's not like, and there wasn't Twitter and all the craziness back then. So it's not like you felt this like crazy amount of pressure. At least I didn't. It was just like, we're just playing hockey, you know, like, yeah, we're expected to win. You know, we're playing on Canada. I get it. I get the high expectations, but it's not, it's not like it was something that was talked about. Let's put it that way. It was just like, everyone was just playing. And then, I mean, you look at the roster, like it's, it's pretty, pretty tough to beat that roster. There's Hall of Famers all over that team. So I consider myself lucky to have played with them. All right, Cole, we're going to have to do this again, but I, I got a couple more for you here. And thanks for coming on tonight. By the way, still 3-1 Montreal, 12 and a half left in the third here as I keep an eye on that game. Uh, you know, you were on cup winning teams in Chicago and LA. In between, you were an oiler at the start of what turned out to be uh uh, you know, well, kind of in the, I guess, the middle of a stretch where the, the team didn't make the playoffs. 
you know, how do you look back on that year? Because you got to play in Canada, you got to play in uh, in Western Canada, but it was uh, you know an Oilers team that was going through a tough time. How do you sort of reflect on the ten eleven season? Yeah, so I was uh, I was playing the year prior in Chicago. I played the whole season. Um, I did not play all the games in the playoffs. In and out, um, we won the cup. So you know you. Were, I mean, top of the mountain, right? Like that's even though I wasn't playing in the playoffs, it's still t- peak of the mountain. I played all season. You win the Stanley Cup. That's what you grow up doing. And that was when uh, Chicago had to kind of get rid of everyone because of salary cap. So they trade uh, all those guys, Lad, Bufflin, and Sopo, all to Atlanta. Myself and everybody it was half the team was gone. Nine guys, I think. And uh, I was actually really excited to go to Edmonton. I grew up in Surrey, BC. I my dad grew up in Edmonton. I have. Uh, family in Edmonton so it's like this all this excitement um, and then thinking we're going to a, a weaker team maybe I'd get more of an opportunity to play and it was the opposite <laughs> it was like, I couldn't crack this lineup if my life depended on it and uh, it was a bad season we had on top of our team just being okay we in fairness we had a lot of injuries like Ryan Whitney was he was on pace for I mean a very good season and he blew out his ankle I don't even remember but he didn't play all year um we lost Horkoff we lost like we lost all these guys to Hall and Everly were rookies 18 year old rookies so it was like this like perfect storm of um I guess a tough a tough season so when I reflect back on it like it was it was awful in the sense of the bad season uh personally for me um no points not a lot of ice time in and out of the lineup. Um, it's not easy, but as far as like the city and playing there and the excitement level, like it was great in that sense. Like I was excited. Um, my wife and I enjoyed the city. I live in Sylvan Lake, uh, in the summers, like I'm an Albertan through and through here now. So it just didn't work out for whatever reason. I didn't play very well. I didn't fit and uh, just didn't work out like I'd hoped when I, when I first went there. So um, yeah. I was traded to, to L.A. the next year. Yeah, and and won the cup again. That, well, well, well I, I I feel like I well I've asked you some good memories too. I guess maybe the other season wasn't so great. We'll we'll have to do the Stanley Cup stories next time because we're getting short on time. Uh, and I think like we were going to have you on a few weeks ago, but I think you might have been at the U18. So let everybody know you know who you're working for now and uh, and what you're up to. Correct. Yeah. So I uh, retired uh, about five years ago and I, I took two years off trying to sort through life. I like to call myself a lost soul for two years and I uh, ended up uh, landing a scouting amateur scouting job with the Chicago Blackhawks. So yes, I was down in Texas for the U18s. Um, I'm an amateur scout, Western amateur scout with them, but we kind of go everywhere, travel the world and um, love the job. You know, it's like, what do you know? I know hockey. That's all I know. So I, uh, I feel lucky to have landed the job, and then now uh, I just love I just love the job. Watching Western League, um, junior hockey across really the world, especially this year. It's all weird. It's all video ba- mostly video based this year, so um, it's a little bit different. But hopefully, we're getting back to to normal and, and some more travel in the in the near future. Yeah, and are you spending time in Sylvan Lake this summer too? That's awesome. I was at the beach all day today. I got three kids, 30 degrees today. We had a wicked day. Uh, my little guy doesn't go to school. I picked up the other two at three. We went, and it was uh, 
It's a fantastic place to live. We, but you know what? I can't promote it too much because when the city Edmonton and the Calgarians come up, we we lose our minds because they take up all our parking and they just get in the way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And they're always over, <laughs> always arguing over. <laughs> and they're arguing over which hockey team is better. And you got to probably break the well, tie. That, oh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, the Jets just scored. So if there's a television, I'll let you get back to it uh, for the last 10 minutes as they're trying to get you up against the Canadians. Colin, thanks for coming on the show. I hope we get to meet in person soon. I'd love to have you on again. Thanks for your time. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That is Colin Fraser checking in today. 350 NHL games, 39 more in the postseason, part of uh, Cup winners in Chicago and Los Angeles. World Junior Gold, former Red Deer Rebel, and one year with the Edmonton Oilers as well that he was telling you about. And a big fan of uh, Cam Moon, as am I. That's Colin Fraser on Inside Sports. Gallagher for the Canadians. They now lead 4-2 with less than nine minutes to go in the third period. Trainer Baffert has been suspended for two years after Medina's Spirit's failed post-Kentucky Derby drug test was confirmed. Churchill Downs has suspended veteran trainer Bob Baffert for two years after a second test confirmed the presence of a banned steroid in Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit's system. Baffert is from entering any horses in the Kentucky Derby or other races at Churchill Downs through the spring of 2023. Additionally, Churchill Downs says it reserves the right to extend Baffert's suspension if he runs afoul of rules in other states. Baffert has had five violations in the past 13 months. The Kentucky Horse Racing Commission's investigation is ongoing and Medina Spirit's Kentucky Derby win could still be stripped. If that happens, runner-up Mandaloon would be elevated as the winner of the May 1st Kentucky Derby. I'm Mike Gracia. All right, so 8.39 to go. Canadians leading game one, 4-2 over the Winnipeg Jets. Just after the top of the hour, the Golden Knights and the Avalanche will face off. Jays trailing the Marlins 5-2 in the bottom of the seventh. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. You got more on the creation of the Elks logo, Luke Gazdick, Colin Fraser, and Bob Stoffer, who has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy is your studio operator. My name's Reed. Talk to you at 6 p.m. tomorrow. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.